0: Vulnerable Podcast is a platform for open and transparent conversations. Each episode, I interview a guest who has experienced something that is very common to all of us, but they offer a unique perspective on how they gain spiritual insight and found strength in their vulnerabilities by owning their power. These conversations are authentic, raw and unedited. As always, let us know how these conversations are benefiting you by engaging with us on social media by using the hashtag #VulnerableConversations. Hello everyone, this is another episode of Vulnerable Podcast. I am Alyssa Rochelle and I am your host. Um, today I am having a chat with the lovely Gail Loveshack. He has come all the way down from... Worthing. Worthing. I was going to say Weymouth. <laughs> I knew it was a W and I, yeah. like, I, knew, and I knew it wasn't Brighton because we already had that conversation. <laughs> so yeah, um, Gail Loveshack is a interfaith minister and um, we've had some chats about what that is um, and we'll be getting into that a little bit later so mm. but i wanted to kind of just like read a little bit of your bio and sure. um, just to give people more of an understanding from your own words but mm-hmm. from my mouth <laughs> what you do um and i thought this part of your in, um your bio was quite interesting so it says i could tell you all sorts of awakenings from my life there have been many i have ignored ignored a lot of them It cost me painting lessons, things repeated. My BS was I had to be absolutely sure that the magic was real. So of course I kept on resisting. It's what we do, right? More lessons came and I finally decided I did not want to learn through any more pain. I chose to learn through joy and you can too. That's super powerful because we do often. Take the long, painful journey. Mm. Um, You then go on to say In the same decade, I busted my left hand rib cage three times from falling downstairs, Mm -hmm. being ridden over by horses, Mm -hmm. and being spun around inside a watery tube with my surfboard yep. I, i'm like what even is that <laughs> you'll explain <laughs> um it on my mountain bike opening up my right calf mm-hmm. bit snow as my right knee busted from a skiing incident mm-hmm. and i bid temp i bid a temporary cheerio to my speech um spinal nerves and surnames of buddies courtesy to a car crash in 2011 yep my body shut down four times because I pushed too far, borrowed from energy unavailable to me, which I think is very powerful, and producing a hell of, and after producing a hell of a London Fashion Week in 2014, I was taken away in an ambulance with anxiety, stress and exhaustion, burnout. Um, I don't wear any of this with honour, I acknowledge it in terror in fact, it took me so long, terror it took me so long to work out, I was going in the wrong direction. And apologies for myself for my bad reading. But um oh, no. seriously, like, just reading that and I'm like, wow, like, what an absolute journey. Mm. Um And from what I know of you via Instagram, like, not that you're praying to pity, you're very, very honest about kind of like your experiences mm-hmm. and what you've been through. Yeah. But it's kind of like reading that just gives me a whole nother, like, lens to look at you via. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, Gail, Love Shark. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Thank you
1: very much. It's quite intense having someone else read those words out to yeah. me, actually. That's um I've never heard them through someone else's tones before. Mm-hmm. And um you kinda Yeah, you think one of those experiences would probably have been enough, right? But um that is that is clearly not what I had signed up yeah. for. And I and I know that's a big part of what we're gonna we're gonna talk about today. But yeah, um, we get you can get really used to pain you can get used to expecting it you can get um, addicted to it totally yeah mm-hmm. yeah and almost anticipating that um you know the proverbial shit is going to hit the fan basically mm. so then it becomes like oh it's another thing to get over it's another thing to recover from you know like it's another it's another wound because mm. you know who are we without our wounds mm-hmm. right who are we without the identity of them we mm. get we get really used to those those words I'm not going to say stories but yeah just those words that we our brain you know our brain has become wired and therefore patterned yeah. to use repeatedly mm-hmm. and you know so much of my work these days is about moving those brain patterns so that we can have a different life experience mm-hmm. why would you choose not to use the mm-hmm. word stories because I think honestly because i really think it's a bit lazy now right i think we're a bit more sophisticated Mm -hmm. i think a decade or so ago when we when we just saw a kind of sweep through of what we think about as emerging spirituality faith-based kind of development or traditions Mm -hmm. we got used to referring to what what in the first instance i i feel much more comfortable using the word personal experiences yeah stories can allude to the idea that they're made up or that there's some kind of romanticism to them, or there is yeah. a repeat narrative. Like I just watch rom coms, yeah. You know, so for me, stories just doesn't quite do the personal experience justice. I understand that.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's not that I'm. It's not. I'm certainly not putting anybody's, um, you know, kind of experiences or or labels or almost your personal brand. You mm-hmm. know, because it would have been really easy for me to to wear victim, mm-hmm. for example, um, or accident prone or clumsy. Yeah. Or, uh, like geez don't let Gail near anything or else she'll end up in the hospital again you know type thing and Mm -hmm. it was like I didn't want you know I didn't want any of those identities sort of being related to me so for me personal experiences or brain patterns or words or you know how we're just like how are we describing Mm -hmm. what we think we're experiencing as opposed to like you know what we are experiencing because mm-hmm. there's only the second of truth that it's in mm-hmm. right then it's a memory then it's a perception of a memory yeah and then within it's per- seconds yeah right? yeah and then it's like a perception of a perception of a perception yeah. so it's already not true necessarily mm. or it's already not real and then when we're sitting with our experiences especially when they are pain related and also in that you know, I, I had a very abusive relationship for a long, long time and that was but that was over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. The scars of which still echo, but they are scars. They're mm-hmm. not open wounds anymore. And, you know, if I'd stayed sort of using the word for me, if I'd stayed using the word stories or hadn't moved through the word experiences or, or patterns or behaviours, I wouldn't have had some of those wake up moments where I realised actually, calling him an abuser for example and still talking about it 10 years later Mm -hmm. wasn't just feeling right and then what I realized actually was he was just very skilled at manipulation was a narcissist and a total con man Mm -hmm. that I can heal from really easily right that's so much more readily available to me to heal from Mm -hmm. in terms of that experience and i just i just offer and invite and certainly that's the way that i work you know like i offer and invite people just to have a look at the language that we're we're using because people
0: say things like language is so powerful yeah yeah but are we really thinking about how we're creating our perception from other languages that we're the language that we use yeah yeah um and I say that, are we doing that? It's kind of like, it's just one of those sayings, like, you know, it, that people just say and don't. I don't really think people are understanding what it means, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just something that I maybe need to think through a little bit more. But mm-hmm. like, just you explaining that, I'm just like, yeah, because I've definitely said, um, this is my story. Like, I've mm-hmm. definitely spoken about it in that format before mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. it's making me think about what that has done for me mm-hmm. and, and how I could potentially heal by looking at it not as a story but as my experience or something or like yeah. changing the way how i've looked at people that have played a part in my experience yeah absolutely and kind of asking as well like asking is this for my highest good yeah you is the way how i perceive this for my highest good it, yeah
1: absolutely yeah. you know and again it's it would kind of be like watching you know again using like the film industry it, be, it would you know we've all got our favorite films right generally because we know how they end so there's mm-hmm. a security in that there's a safety in mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. no surprises yeah you know, so you might return to something over and over again now if that's a feel-good movie that's okay yeah you know and and equally but at the same time it's also just reaffirming what you think you know about that particular story Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so if we constantly um like if we were watching a kind of tv of ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're re-watching that story that narrative over and over Mm. there's also a security in that because we knew how that chapter ended yeah and that can actually bring a bit of almost like reverse comfort Mm -hmm. and so we feel comforted by that um but the thing is we're we're often already in pain so trying something else to move us out of pain towards pleasure um towards like noble curiosity Mm -hmm. towards um you know childlike expansive thinking where we we no longer um we no longer around allow like the narrowing that happens when we've had pain experiences to to kind of keep us shut in a little corner so Mm -hmm. when we just are curious and we open up and we allow ourselves to write a different script Mm -hmm. essentially i mean that's what a lot of nlp like neuro linguistic programming you know cbt with behavioral therapy a lot of therapies we see a lot of different processes that we go through in in any realms, even working with a therapist or a counselor. Mm -hmm. Often it's about finding a way out of the room of that story
0: and then into the mansion of you. Mm -hmm. I love that, Mm. I love that, I love that, I love that. Okay, so, um, wow, deep, real quick. (laughs) That got real deep, real quick. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was was amazing, thank you. Um, so cool so yeah you now you are an interfaith minister mm. um but it took you a while to get there so mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about what and what an interfaith minister is first and yeah. then we'll get a little bit more into your journey to yeah there. absolutely
1: well i'm in my um i'm ordained next year yeah. so so you know in in the process thereof mm-hmm. and an interfaith minister really focuses on that which unites us as opposed mm-hmm. to that which divides us that mm-hmm. that's really easy you know yeah. I, again i you know i kind of I feel like we can all sit down and and throw down what we think is different about one another um but you know to be able to sit down at a table of everybody around the world you know who's going through all different sorts of experiences Mm -hmm. and share what we think unites us Mm -hmm. then that's you know that's where my essentially my journey and my experiences have have led me to so You know can I find you know can I find of course I can you know I can find the the teachings and the joy of Islam Mm -hmm. equally as I can of Jesus equally as I can of Buddha Mm -hmm. as I can of earth studies as I can of paganism or Mm -hmm. even Wiccan Mm -hmm. you know which some people might find a little bit peculiar but actually essentially you know kind of be be a loving representation of yourself be a full expression of yourself which Mm I I believe is our really our kind of only purpose is to be a full expression of ourselves however however that shows up Mm -hmm. and so interfaith ministry is a you know is a place to discover unity Mm. not separation
0: okay Mm. cool and how did you come to that
1: (sighs) through a long and winding road and then by a big surprise so I had trained with Dr Robert Holden and if anybody's read his books or been to a workshop or if you haven't checked him out he does a lot of a lot of wonderful work around love and around self-acceptance. Robert was a founding elder of One Spirit Interfaith Ministry Foundation. Okay. And then because I'd been training with Robert, then I became aware of um, OSIF, essentially. Had looked at it a few years ago, didn't kind of feel right and then all of a sudden the words were out my mouth and you know when somebody asked me what I thought the next step was and I was like well you know of course I'm going to train as an interfaith minister and I, then I had to say can you just give me 20 minutes <laughs> while I work out <laughs> what I just said type yeah name. yeah because it was so unexpected yeah it was so unexpected and then you know I got in I got in touch with the organization and, and really the rest as they say is history I'm mm-hmm. I'm deep in study and and you know and deep gratitude for for walking those hallowed halls essentially okay. yeah
0: so let's go back then a little bit further mm. so this um the reason why i wanted to have you on this podcast is because we had a chat about so m- much of the trauma that you've been through mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in your personal life mm. um and how you felt like that was you you self-sabotaging away from Mm. where you're at right now Mm and I mm -hmm. thought that was really interesting because so many of us Mm self-sabotage sometimes knowingly sometimes Mm -hmm. unknowingly um so I want to get a little bit into your past Mm -hmm. and kind of like the first major accident that you had or major experience that you had Mm -hmm. and kind of like look into some of you I don't know because I'd like to believe that in those moments there were tiny little learnings maybe oh there's huge Um, learnings, right yeah yeah but then it's like what made you decide to not take heed to keep keep ignoring them (laughs) exactly (laughs) so that's kind of I'm interested in kind of like what happened and what was your individual learnings whilst Mm. it was happening and then the bigger part of the question is Mm -hmm. what made you want to ignore them as well Mm so yeah <laughs> over to you thanks very much well I'll, I'll try and not talk for like the next 45 you know, minutes you just <laughs> on that
1: <laughs> so um I'll, I'll take it back just a step further to yeah. say I I came in I think I was born to to do what I'm really beginning to do mm-hmm. now and I think that um you know part of what happens around that is that It can feel a bit frightening, particularly when we get to puberty. So if we think that, you know, for me, I always kind of knew what was going on in the room. I had a real sense of what we would probably call the energy. There's a word clear sentient, which describes Mm -hmm. it best, which is around essentially... Uh, you feel what another person is feeling. I'd like
0: to feel like I'm clairsentient.
1: It's a great, yeah. We yeah. don't talk about it as much as empath or psychic or yeah. clairordinate. But, um, but yeah. clairsentient is, if if I had to pick one word, then basically that's, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Around, you know, kind of teenage years, there's quite a few distractions, you know, hormones, relationships, all these different sorts of things. Mm. But even then, I had all I'd started to experience quite a lot of bullying at school and then to kind of through college and stuff because mm-hmm. I was always seen as like the weird kid or I was a bit different or mm-hmm. I freaked people out that I knew what they were thinking and, and was was, you know, maybe a bit quicker verbally and could kind of get to things before they could Mm -hmm. um and that kind of compounded quite a lot of stress for me in terms of what the meaning you know kind of of being different essentially Mm -hmm. and I didn't like this idea of of being different because I really just wanted to be you know to be me and to be accepted and for that to be okay and then when I was about 18 19 I had my first stair tumble and um that took out um yeah kind of a couple of ribs on my on my left hand side Um, was that at home no it was at a a mate's house party it was it was was quite messy I'll be honest yeah yeah (laughs) um and um but that was you know part of that could have been you know kind of through to just like youthful exuberance and Mm -hmm. a bit too much booze Mm -hmm. but actually even then I think I knew I had a feeling that the people I was hanging out with weren't right I was in that state in the first place I was in this kind of relationship as well that really wasn't going anywhere um and then you know I had another couple of rib cracks and it's interesting because you know in certain schools of thinking like the rib cage is the home of the soul Mm. that's where the soul lives and so I was essentially pressing the eject button over and over again even even in those late teens early 20s then just the accident started to get a bit worse yeah so I kind of was ridden over I mean I'm a rider so being thrown and stuff is sort of comes part and parcel of what you're you know kind of what you expect to happen mm-hmm, with horses mm-hmm. etc but I am um, it was just I was being thrown a bit too much and then had yeah then got really trampled um, and so then that was another set of recovery basically. Yeah, and then it moved to um, a few years later and the mountain biking accident. I just couldn't believe that that happened. It was one of those when you, I was like, you've got to be kidding me, you know, because it just, I basically, I feel I've probably spent
0: 10 to 15 years rehabbing from accidents. Yeah, because all of these, like the average break is what, six weeks recovery for yeah. and, the, yeah. like a break. But like... Um, it's like months yeah. in between where your bones are literally just trying to heal back yeah. together and you're being stationed like yeah. you cannot move type yes. thing yeah
1: well, and, and it was a real like well like i'm quite sort of the like i use the word mercurial so i can be kind of quite high energy and want to do things my brain ticks over quite quickly mm-hmm. and i'm always sort of on to the next thing on to the next mm-hmm. thing and it was almost like I would, that was a kind of battery pack version that it was just all get, it was all getting sped up um and then then after that yeah, so I had the surf accident, and that was basically I'd read the water wrong. Essentially, I'd read the the currents and the waves wrong. So then I had got sucked under. So that washing machine was being basically in the in what like the tube underneath the waves. Right, so I get you that, now. It was that sensation of being flipped and dragged, and um, so I came out my like hands. Like how did you? how did you breathe in that space oh well well I didn't and that was so that and that was you know that was a real goodbye I can remember kind of being spat back up through the top of the ocean and taking like one huge breath and just being like well if this is it guys thank you you know like <laughs> okay I think we did okay I probably could have like you know probably getting a c-minus for this life yeah I know that you grade yourself what Like yeah grading myself at like 20 odd or whatever um and it was really it was quite it was humorous because I went back to the same A&E where I'd gone in for like the mountain biking accident and they were just like okay um and she's back she's back yeah and then I also ended up back in the same A&E um a couple of years later so not long again for um for the mountain bike uh, sorry for the skiing accident that i'd had i'd like to say this makes it sound like i spend a lot of my time like adventuring and <laughs> <laughs> i think i have occasional adventures and mostly recovery is how is how that big sort of yeah. chapter of my life went but it was really interesting so that just to kind of put a little pause in there before we get to the kind of snow and ice mm-hmm. um when I was in my early 20s, I was also diagnosed with endometriosis and polycystic ovaries. Yeah. So I had my first round of surgery. And it's interesting because there wasn't a lot of support or community for it then. So, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of do what you've you've got to do. And one of my I would had many what I would sort of liken to angelic or spiritual or godlike experiences. Mm-hmm. And then when I had come round from the operating table after the. Um, after the surgery for endometriosis the the message that i'd received was you know gail they've done a lot more work this is this is really going to hurt just prepare yourself uh-huh. and then when i'd opened my eyes no one was in the room and then the consultant came through a few seconds later so that for me was was a very profound experience now similarly when i got to the skiing Um, the same the same voice basically spoke to me and and it said you're really not listening and I'm sorry that we have to do this to you and then truly 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 it was as if I had been picked up by the scruff of the neck Mm. and then I was thrown face first basically Mm -hmm. down um, ice and snow and then my kind of skis didn't unclip which basically led to my right cruciate ligament snapping out I lost the proprioceptors in the knee, which meant my brain didn't know where my knee was. So <sighs> it knew where the kind of hip was and foot yeah. was, but didn't know where knee was. Yeah. So, so then I um I didn't want to I didn't want any more surgery. So I chose to to rehab naturally through that, which took quite a quite a while. So that was about um six months in a in a brace and kind of my right leg had withered to about a third of the size of my left through like muscle loss and all sorts of different oh things. And God. yeah, walking on heels took two years. It yeah. was crazy, you know, just all these things that we kind of can take for yeah. for granted if you're like a, a heel loving, wearing human out there. Um, <laughs> so then I thought, I kind of thought, okay, I you know, like I'm getting, and then I left the job I was in and at the time, so I trained as a dancer and mm-hmm. I trained in theater. I'd worked a lot through sort of arts investment, different cultural environments, I'd raised millions for culture in the southeast of England, mm. um, I was a producer on London 2012, mm. I, I produced lots of artists and dancers and companies and at the same time was kind of training and, and coaching and mm. you know all sorts of different things that I, that I now do full time. So for my mind, these jobs and these other things that I was doing were bridging. Mm. <laughs> you know, we often talk about entrepreneurs bridge between your now and your next. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say sometimes they can be a bit of a a bit of a crutch. Like sometimes we can linger in them a, a bit too yeah. long. You know. And again, because we we're human and we crave security. You know, mm. and and some of us crave security more more than others. And so I, you know, I was sort of I also ended up working with lots of different kind of bullying bosses and things. Mm. You know, It was just general, general trauma, general pain, exhaustion. I really felt like a just an outline of myself. I felt like I'd kind of lost my color. Um, I definitely didn't have as strong a spiritual practice as as I do now. It was kind of wavering in and out. Um, and then, yeah, basically, then then it felt like um I was being followed, right. and so for weeks I could feel this thing coming, and I I ended up just saying, look, if you're coming, come and get me, mm-hmm. because I can't I can't take this pressure, I can't take this stress, mm-hmm. and um, third third time third voice, I was parked at a red light literally about five minutes from home and um in the my eyes flicked up to look in a rear view mirror and i saw an ambulance driving you know kind of in my lane towards me and my eyes had flicked away and then when they flicked back again the ambulance was much closer than it ought to have been if it was slowing down and then about a beat later it had smashed into the back of my car oh my god yeah now as if all of that isn't a kind of clear sign stop pause slow down when um when the ambulance driver she put her hands through the window and said i don't know what happened my foot was just moved from the brake back onto the accelerator yeah what i know and she was like i've been driving for almost 30 years she said that has never happened i don't know what just happened and she was like let's get you let's let's see what's going on oh my god yeah
0: so but y- did you know what happened oh i knew exactly what <laughs> happened <laughs> and so yeah. and how old were you at this point so this is now the car accident yeah so
1: 2011 what am i um so what am i 33
0: at okay point? 30 yeah so you were super clear that that was 334 that yeah, was a yeah. kind of a sign for you to kind of that was just like the last type of sign it it had to be
1: because i felt as if i was given when i was lying in the in the hospital again mm-hmm. um I uh, I felt the conversation I I essentially was having with with my maker was was if you don't get this right we're taking you out. Mm-hmm. You got you know because you got, your body can't take anymore. Yeah, could, and you know. also
0: like just kind of like seeing you out and about like you you don't you don't like um I don't look like a yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't you don't look like it but the word <laughs> I I always forget the words that I'm using but you know like hubble that's it you don't hobble yeah. like you've had a yeah. lot of um like trauma to your legs yeah yeah um. Yeah you're not yeah you're not walking with a limp or anything so it's like the way how I know I'm jumping ahead of myself but it's kind of like almost now that you've accepted that you need to be somewhere Mm. else and not there Mm. it's like all of that you've been like completely healed in one way if that makes sense because you you could totally have had major kind of like physical indications of everything that you've been through yeah like a missing leg or like do you know what I mean yeah um yeah, so I just think that's quite interesting in itself, that the fact that you've you're you're physically well enough mm-hmm. to do the work that you need to do now. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would say like I'm I'm only
1: getting stronger because of it now. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting now. I think, you know, I haven't um there's you know kind of everybody will be like touch some wood or Mm. you know um no accidents for a long time because I'm in alignment I'm I'm in purpose Mm -hmm. and and it's interesting I think even those accidents for example I think even in a peculiar way I I sort of was in my purpose then which Mm. which which was to discover massive contrast yeah massive contrast again I was already in pain in unhealthy relationships at work with friend groups that weren't healthy for me um in in um romantic relationships um in lack of creativity in in being stagnant in stagnant water Mm. you know kind of um uh you know a plant kept in a dark room already in pain so already you know but I believe that the lessons of of the purpose w- was essentially to to trust and understand that we can grow and in, in the most obnoxious conditions, mm-hmm. and we can flower and we can you know we can find grace and we can find ease. It's just how much we're willing to dig beneath the silt, mm-hmm. and that for me was I feel that, and I you know I've spoken about this before, but. You know, when we're at rock bottom, I, I feel like I was in the center of the earth. I feel like I'd got smacked down way, way, way beyond rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And it was like I'd gone through the silt, the water, the gooey stuff,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: the the tectonic plates through the whole shebang. And I was just like hanging out in the middle of the planet being like, for the love of heavens, you yeah.
0: know, what, what is this all
1: about? Yeah.
0: And I can somewhat identify with experiencing um, like past trauma, not say, yeah, past trauma, mm. that has knocked me for six too, mm-hmm, but also mm-hmm. led me to this space where mm-hmm. I'm at now. Um, and and interestingly, provided a plot twist. So we share, mm-hmm. we share a lot in common, but we, we share that I used to dance as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so back in the day, I used to dance and I had my own dance company with two of my friends and we like taught young people street dance, we toured, we did loads of stuff. Yeah um and that was my career yeah 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 (laughs) that was what i was here to do yeah genuinely in my mind anyway um and then i had this thing called encephalitis, which Mm. basically put me into a coma Mm. and then when i came out of the coma i couldn't walk and so, like, I know what you was, what you met, you mentioned about um, people that wear heels and having to learn how to wear heels yeah. again. Like, I've been that person <laughs> that was like, yeah. whoa, like, where's my balance gun yeah, Type thing. Absolutely crazy because yeah. it just knocks your equilibrium. Just the fact that you're out of it essentially. Mm-hmm, so, um, mm-hmm. so I came around from the coma. Um and you don't know when your, your legs don't work No, you just don't know because you can still feel them they're still mm-hmm. there right mm-hmm. and the doctor said hi Michelle can you just move your legs for me and I was like stupid question of course I can type mm. thing. and as I went to move them like I noticed that I was moving them in my brain but they weren't moving in front of me and I think I remember just the overwhelming mm. sense of like just tears just mm. wanting to come out of my eyes Um. and yeah so I realised I couldn't walk and like day after day after day watching people walk Mm. was way too much for me Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. watching people just casually just get up and Mm -hmm. walk i was like like it was yeah it's it's i don't know it's one it's one of those moments where you just realize what you have Mm. or what you've lost Mm. and also not knowing because nobody knew whether i would be able to get it back type thing so so that was that so coupled with that was the fact that I had to um come to terms with the fact that I would never be a dancer, yeah again, yeah. um which was a lot for me, yeah, at the time, mm. but obviously I didn't know that I would be now doing this, yeah, <laughs> then right. does that make that sense, totally. and all and how that experience is fueling like my drive now, yeah, and i can and I can relate to a situation like mm-hmm. so there's always like you say, in the pain, mm. there's always um There are always lessons Mm -hmm. Um, and my my further thinking to that is about allowing yourself to take the time Mm. to go through them because we always want to know right there and then like what is this, what is this, what am I doing, what am I doing but it's not for you to know all of that then Um, and so yeah so I had to kind of then just kind of like put that down and just be like well cool she's not dancing again um and really interestingly had the young people step up and they started choreographing for the other dancers and then I moved in more to like a managerial role and mentorship Mm. and then that's how I ended up working with young people Mm. so there's always I don't know I've always been able to kind of like see what else I can do Mm -hmm. in that space Mm -hmm. and then learning how to walk again Mm -hmm. um was a series of wheelchairs and then Zimmer frames and then walking super slow so the whole Mm. you had um less muscle in your I had no muscle like no muscle power and I remember like once I started kind of walking without assistance being frustrated with my body because I couldn't gather speed Mm -hmm. I could literally only walk at really slow paces Mm -hmm. and um when you're 19 20 and everyone's out like like, you know, that <laughs> the energy that a 20 year old has basically. It's oh yeah. yeah. so, like I didn't have that energy, like, yeah. I was like an old person. Yeah. So, everyone's like bouncing around, mm-hmm. and I'm just like holding my back, walking up the stairs super slow. And all of those things were triggering for me, mm. all of those things. And I think even more recently, like, now I don't dance anymore. Mm. Um, because back to the whole kind of equilibrium thing, I, I do think it like it, I had lots of accidents afterwards, like, mm-hmm. where I used to just fall over, like, my balance was completely yeah. gone. Um, so I don't think. I do think I could dance again, but I think it would just take so much willpower mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. kind of just stand like mm-hmm. still. Yeah, yeah. Like in a because yeah. you have to be quite centered. Yeah, and I don't really have that anymore. Mm. Um, and I have tried. I have been to dance classes and stuff, but it's just so hard. Mm, um, mm. and so once again, like I have to, when that's happened to me, and I've been in the class and I felt the tears coming because it's like you know where you were at before. Yeah, and you yeah. can't be there anymore. So yeah. I'm just like having like I'm just talking about all of my stuff but, um, but that's cool that's yeah. what it's about and you and you're you bring up a really beautiful
1: point that when we, the, the memory or the perception of the mem- memory mm. about where we think we were or at what stage and again like grading ourselves you know yeah. while saying goodbye in the ocean being like that was probably a, a, a C minus minus, yeah. and you being like the tears of frustration are coming because I feel like I can't get to where I was and the truth is we can't that's yeah. gone that version yeah, of us is gone it's,
0: it's, it plays no part None. on where you're at right no, now. It's like, yeah. I actually don't need to be able to like bang out a routine. <laughs> like no one cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. You not got that panache to yeah. Hop on Britain's got talent. But. Exactly. Like Sidler's <laughs> Wells is not waiting for me anymore. No. <laughs> so it's like but 19-year-old Rochelle wants to do it. And like, obviously, yeah. we always, I think when I say we're always, our inner child is also always present. Yes, yeah. And so we kind of want to appease the inner child and live yeah. our best lives at the same time. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think, again, that's that beautiful synergy that we're talking about, about like bring that noble curiosity to your to your life, you know, and mm. um, like open up the narrowness that occurs, that, that can happen through pain lessons. Mm. And peculiarly, it can happen through joy as well. We can plateau at any different version of ourselves like sometimes we can be like um you know oh everything's just constantly happy and 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 that can feel really weird although we're we're, our birthright absolutely is happiness and Mm -hmm. absolutely is joy Mm -hmm. our birthright is also free will right and contrast can play an extraordinary teacher in that so yeah. you know within within buddhism um you know we talk about a gross sensation or a subtle sensation as opposed to you know positive or negative or painful or pain-free mm-hmm. it, it it just kind of it's a sensation that's either fuller or or less full essentially and sometimes again like I offer that language because sometimes instead of thinking god I'm always angry all the time or mm-hmm. I'm always in pain it's it's not true we're not always angry we're, we're not always in pain even if there's a second of relief or something mm. somewhere you it, know d- draw those dots closer together yeah you know that's what that's what started to shift it for me that I um I accepted that this idea that we sometimes shy away from that we can be meant for a greater purpose said in like the voiceover massiveness. We think, you know, who am I to, to have that? And again, that greater purpose is, my purpose is to be the best version of Gail Love Loveshock that mm-hmm. I can be in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And she'll continue to evolve and, and do all sorts of different things and make mistakes and do things beautifully and do things wonderfully. But all I've got to do, or not all, but, you know, my prayer, my hope, my devotion is that i can co-create a really wonderful existence Mm -hmm. for for myself and therefore for the people you know around me closest friends family loved ones community strangers that i don't know the rooms of rooms where our names are whispered because things such as this podcast make it better Mm -hmm. even if the listener never reaches out to say thank you so much Mm -hmm. we just never know the ripple of the ripple yeah you know we just never know what's going to happen
0: yeah no that's super beautiful that's very beautiful um so i want to ask a question about people checking in with themselves um so how can people really check in with themselves to see if they are sabotaging their call to purpose what are the signs um and just to kind of kind of give a little bit more to Mm. that question as an example like i'm very much so aware of people that do um a lot of unnecessary things. A really easy way to describe this would be mm. somebody who knows that um, they probably drink a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. They're not an alcoholic mm-hmm. by mm. any means. And actually not being an alcoholic gives mm. them license to have more drinks than they should do. Mm. Because mm. that makes them feel a certain way, which makes them not address certain things. Mm. And then they can kind of like, mm. but then there are issues that come from that type thing. So maybe you might you might um. not be able to afford it for a week that makes sense but you still but you need the drink or you need the weed so you're gonna go and get it even though you know that you can't really afford that 10 pounds or that 15 pounds and then it becomes a bigger problem Mm. um so these are i suppose they're they're not necessarily spiritual examples but they can affect you spiritually if you're not um dealing with the fact of, of the need to do those things yeah yeah um so yeah so how how can people identify with or how can people yeah identify that with um sabotaging Mm -hmm. their call is Is that that, a clear question yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) absolutely yeah and and what i would say in the first instance is is that you know sometimes are that um, self sabotage is not actually sabotaging as necessarily being more spiritual and in inverted commas mm. it can be sabotaging as just being a really great human mm-hmm. you know and you know kind of um you know addictions and maybe leaning into um you know stimulants even you know sugar booze sex mm-hmm. exercise you know kind of um you know social media comparison any of these types of things can can Mm -hmm. distract us. a you know can distract us a little bit and and I do I kind of offer that word distraction as opposed to sabotage Mm -hmm. because sabotage is quite punchy right yeah no, yeah you're right yeah and again look that might be so that totally might be so Mm -hmm. you might you know you you know you might have an idea within you that you would you just love to birth but you don't know how Mm -hmm. or so it can come with that language of like well who am I to do this someone else is already doing it better than I am or you might um you might be like recovering from one too many hangovers which means you just don't have energy to do anything else um you might be in some crap relationships both Mm -hmm. with your perception of yourself and and other people and you might have you know like just a dog-eared boss that just will not let up off you and you just hate going into the office Mm -hmm. every single day uh equally you might be a bit as i was sort of um unfortunate when it comes to accidents and you know and trust me the bangs will get bigger one way or the other so if you're in an environment where you've incrementally watched your life sort of maybe take a little bit of a nosedive and now that nosedive is getting a bit sharper Mm -hmm. then it's definitely time to just take a big old knee bend and surrender Mm -hmm. you know how surrender yeah You know, that that for me personally and with a lot of people that I work with, a lot of clients, it's getting to that place of surrender Uh to really be like, I have no idea how I got here. I have no idea what this is about, but I really I really hope it could be a bit better than this. Uh You know, what I've got is great. You know finding just peace in, and and again what unites us what, what what kind of what kind of brings us together what what helps us feel supported can be really helpful as well but also just sometimes you know fear gets us. people are frightened and sometimes not everybody's purpose i mean if we look at for if everybody as i think like our purpose is to show up as a full expression of ourselves mm-hmm. That's a pretty equal purpose, right? There's no job description. There's no like, you have to be the next, you know, kind Mm. of like, I don't know, you have to be the next leader of the free world. Or you have to be the next this or you have to be the next that. Mm. Um, It's just this real sense of what's calling you because you know what we're trying to do when we're self-sabotaging or interrupting or distracting is essentially we're shutting the connection to our inner wisdom down. Yeah. We're shutting that inner knowledge down, that Geiger counter that I refer to it as the spiritual map, the mm-hmm. compass. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is we're burying the compass and then we'll have all sorts of conversations which are like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what direction to go in. I don't know why this keeps happening to me. Why does this crap always keep showing up? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we also distract ourselves with what I think of as the shiny spirituality um, and swear word coming up, basically mm. spiritual fuckery. Mm-hmm. And that is really <laughs> when we're just like, I must dive into all practices and know everything. And now I'm becoming even more spiritual and I'm more spiritual than you yeah i shall outdo you with my faith and my devotion uh, to the god of my understanding mm-hmm. and you just don't understand what i'm going through and you've never experienced these things that i'm going mm-hmm. through and there suddenly gets an almost metallic taste kind of accusatory tone mm-hmm. that comes with it and and it's you know kind of um i'm joining this group or i'm doing that but without understanding what it is that you that is really in your heart and in your heart is again this amazing map in your heart is this amazing wisdom in your heart is this amazing place to uh-huh. draw strength from and you know when we work um again as i do from heart to brain cohesion and we can just start to unpack and have almost like those empty head like i think of them like screensaver moments mm-hmm. you know when you just stare off into the distance and you can't quite put your finger on why something is different you want as many of those as possible mm-hmm. because those are pattern interrupters. And those are helping you get out the way of using like almost kind of any type of practice or devotion as a crutch.
0: Yeah. As opposed to a key, which will open the door back to you. I think that it sounds, that is, I, I can I can see it. Like mm. as you're talking, I can see what that looks like. But I'm also seeing that there's a great vulnerability in that as well. Absolutely. Because yeah, you're, yeah. you're relying on your inner wisdom mm. and not so many of us are taught via religion Mm. and just the way how society is set up Mm. to seek outside of yourself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so when you when you're coaching people to kind of look within like Mm. i can the distraction becomes i don't want to do that because then it's like then i only have myself Mm. and and there's a vulnerability in whether you actually know what you think you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. if you know anything at all Mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. place becomes super super scary Mm. um so yeah that was just a thought I don't know it's not really a question it was just kind of a thought that just came into my head
1: and I I think it's right and you're you're right to raise it because when I'm talking about that inner wisdom Mm -hmm. that's not just you that's all of creation Mm -hmm. that's creation's doorway yeah so we're you know we're my leaning into my own heart is is my leaning into the heart of however many billion of us there are on the Mm -hmm. planet yeah and collectively pulling in from that power Mm -hmm. like collectively drawing on the ancestors or my lineage both the Mm -hmm. mothers and fathers grandmothers and grandfathers you know and really understanding what's gone before me to to help me and or hinder me to get here Mm -hmm. um sometimes distraction or you know hindrance or being knocked off the path as we sometimes talk about is also necessary for example you know part of why I think I had so many accidents was because I kind of just kept getting up and brushing myself down and being like well come at me then you know right you can't (laughs) knock me down I'll just I I was so scrappy do about it Mm -hmm. I was just like so pig-headed about it I was like come on then Mm -hmm. what else have you got you know and it just I felt like the world was like sweet Jesus won't this woman just stay down you know and I was like never you know that and that's ego yeah that was ego (laughs) there was nothing loving about any of that Mm -hmm. that was personality that was learned behavior survivor yeah you know you know like rocky was based on me type you know kind (laughs) of madness um but when I realized that I didn't have to do it on my own and the journey for me was really about vulnerability Mm -hmm. I used to loathe that word if you mentioned it anywhere near me I'd have just got up and walked out yeah like what's what is it what's the point yeah why do we have to be yeah like why are you saying that to me i've got everything i need yeah kind of in me and i and i do have what i need in me but what is in me is again it's that doorbell straight to god it's Mm -hmm. straight to faith as far as i love that the
0: doorbell straight to god because my whole experience of um religion Mm. and those systems has been around kind of like i've had a lot of anger Mm -hmm. in me Mm -hmm. towards the Mm middleman type Mm. thing yeah yeah Um, and just kind of like looking towards people for answers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not ringing the inner doorbell that Mm. we have Mm. ourselves Mm. um so yeah
1: yeah well I mean and then the word religion is a relatively new word it's three yeah. four hundred years old you know mm. and they're there and it came with a middleman and an altar that wouldn't be moved and, mm-hmm. a, and a place of worship that wouldn't be moved and mm. because you know if we've got all of it inside of us and then we're in we're all inside one another basically like a big old set of russian dolls <laughs> then
0: then you can't control I love that. the imagery that you create like <laughs> I just feel like I'm watching a movie <laughs> listening to you talk i love that
1: i love that if anybody wants to make me happy yeah animations that's what we need let's yeah. put that out in there let's put that in the cauldron yeah yeah An- animations stories yeah those, those type of narratives yeah yeah but it but it is it's you just you know organise religion as it as it is you know and that's what we're seeing a lot we're seeing a lot of um you know rebellion against that essentially Mm -hmm. because people you know again um you know being an interfaith minister is about you know understanding the god of each of our own understanding Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of a big deal saying that out loud in today's you know kind of kind of world but there is just that real sense of um you know we're we've you know we're made of stars we're we're made of the the breaths of great men and great women i mean mm-hmm. what my body's been through for me to deny its miraculousness would be so disrespectful yeah. so disrespectful you know and for the way i repeatedly stood up and asked to basically be beheaded mm-hmm. you know to chop the he- the heads off of everything that i was going through just like great suicidal mm-hmm. almost like spiritual suicidalness you know Knock them down. So then, what? I would have got knocked out, my body, and ended up back on the other side, and been like,
0: "Oh, yeah." And then you would have kerplunk. just got big sp- back to earth anyway. Yeah, you'd have it, had to go through it all again. Yeah,
1: and quite possibly worse with that <laughs> yeah. kind of karma and dharma Basically. that had co-created. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think, yeah, there's just, you know, just vulnerability can be taken with a pinch of salt. That can be as much about asking somebody if they can pick the kids up for you so that you can have a cup of tea, Mm. you know, as it can be about, look, laying on the mound and being like, bring the commandments to Mm -hmm. me. There's no difference in the size of a miracle. Mm -hmm. Like a course in miracles teaches that, Yeah, there's no order of miracles. And there's no difference. A miracle is a miracle is a miracle. So Mm. whatever you need that's important for you, if that's getting the kids to school on time or if that's that you can't make your credit card payment Mm -hmm. like you know when you have to phone them and have that really challenging conversation at times about being delayed with a payment like Mm -hmm. do that Mm -hmm. do that you know and let and take care of the past and everything that you're doing in the present so Mm -hmm. that you can also plant the seeds for your future that will be brighter that Mm -hmm. will be greener that will be fuller and you'll be allowed and enabled to blossom because you've decided to do that for you without Mm -hmm. shying away from that purpose of being a full expression of yourself Mm -hmm. however however that shows up
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you, Gal. I have um, I have another question. Go for it. So, um, let's talk about when you finally decided to answer the call. How did things change for you? So, what did you've already mentioned that you've not had accidents? Yeah, for a amen. While as, yeah, as yeah. Like the first thing, <laughs> but like, <laughs> how did things start to like align for you or change for you, like notably? Yeah. So, th-
1: with it, my relationship, you know, with my with my now husband, mm-hmm. um, got got a got a lot better, got a lot richer, got mm-hmm. a, got a lot fuller. Um, You know, I can remember saying to him only a few years ago uh, and and we've been together for for quite a few (laughs) years saying to him, I think I'm really ready for um, I think I'm really
0: ready to let you love me now. Hmm, That is crazy. I say crazy because I couldn't imagine myself saying something like that. But at the same time, I probably would.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and I hadn't realized that I'd kept his love at arm's
1: length necessarily but I, I thought, you know, this was great and this was really healthy and there was no pain and, uh, you know, nothing. Was
0: that another moment where something just came out of your mouth before yeah, you were able absolutely. to? Because just, I'm just trying to think what what happened yeah. bef- in your brain
1: before that comes out of your mouth? Nothing. I mean, often <laughs> that's the way. I mean, I'm not, um, you know, part of also is the clairsentient, you know, kind of rule is I, you know, as a channel, I don't mm-hmm. always know what's going to come out. Mm-hmm. So I can sometimes be like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you know and I didn't know that I was going to say to my beloved I'm really ready ready you know to to let you love me he just looked at me and he was like well what have I been doing for all these years (laughs) he's so grounded it's awesome um he was like what have I been doing for all this time and and I was like you have been loving me I said but I think I've just been like almost um you know like when you turn the shower head away from you so that water is still coming through life, but you're not getting once again
0: amazing imagery (laughs) I love that. That makes sense. And you're getting the heat as well. Yeah. You're getting everything from yeah. the shower, but you're not like being not, doused in the water. No, you're not like being saturated yeah. in water. You're
1: not being saturated in yeah. love. So you know, relationships were were a big thing. um We, you know, we kind of we moved. You know, things like we moved home, and 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 actually, the the home um felt very safe at the beginning, but then it started to feel a, um, a little bit too isolated. But mm-hmm. then that was me kind of coming through that recovery and feeling safe to to be in and of the world and then you know yet after my own devil wears prada experience essentially after london fashion week and things mm. too um you know of then ending up in hospital yet again and and the ambulance driver trying to basically take two mobile phones off me whilst i was being like i'm gonna get fired if i don't answer one of these phones oh i just stopped caring I just stopped. I just I say just but it was a long time coming and being like if people don't like this version of me, I I have no control over that. Mm-hmm. And I can't and I have to stop trying to control everything. Mm-hmm. And so then I, you know, I got in touch with about 30 people who I really love and really trust and said, Basically, do I look in the back of the Guardian for like a full time job, you know, in some other crazy office somewhere? Or do I take a step across this bridge about going into coaching, mentoring, being this version of myself full time? And of those 30 people that I trust implicitly, they all basically said, I will uh, don't apply for a single thing don't do it. And then from them and from other organizations, people were like, oh, hey, Gail, we've heard you're kind of out and about and doing some freelance stuff and doing Mm -hmm. some coaching things and doing Mm -hmm. some mentoring. Like, how is that working? What are you doing? And I was like, "Oh yeah, sh- well I, well I am." You know, I wrote this kind of like terrible. Um, I called it like a kick in the arse program or something like mm-hmm. that, like a twenty one day email program, and mm-hmm. asked for volunteers to see if the methodology worked. And like mm-hmm. hundred and eighty people came forward and put them through it. And mm-hmm. no but that's
0: a great indicator that you're where you need to be. Just exactly that type of thing.
1: So it was just exactly. So it was yeah. the spirit said over and over again, "Yes, girl. Yes, girl. Yes, girl. Yes, girl." Mm-hmm. Like it was like they were all. like, we've been waiting <laughs> yay uh-huh. um you know and i just and i i just i started to soften i became mm. more feminine really interestingly i moved out um one of my last production contracts was i i moved out and lived in the middle east for sort of six seven months i was mm. based out in dubai but i was working in abu dhabi oman mm-hmm. I, you know kind of across all the all the area Kuwait etc and in those sandy lands I rediscovered so much of my femininity Mm. it was just a joy so a part of me woke up again and I think that's so much of this journey is that we're often so ready to reject certain aspects of ourselves Mm. it's the reason certain mates start to really sort of piss us off is because the aspect that we kind of see that could be us just really irritates us and we don't Mm. sort of want to be around that anymore But equally, also the bits that are really loving and that are like that blush like nature Mm. and that are really beautiful and are just you know, it's the. Again, it's the way like a father looks at his daughter or, you know, kind of um, or the moment lovers look at one another Mm. or just that exhale when you realize that you've got two minutes before you have to be in that next meeting. Yeah, it's more and more and more of those spaces in us that open up. And so then more of us comes forward. The soul settles into the rib cage because it's not getting the exit button pressed. It's Mm. not getting ejected. And we essentially, you know, we talk a lot about falling in love, but actually we remember love and then and along with that you know we we remember trust Mm -hmm. and we remember faith Mm -hmm. and we remember that it could be okay Mm -hmm. there'll be days when it's not there'll be days when it's super challenging and it's stormy and it's difficult and we do not want to go outside and we do not want to be in and of the world because the pain is too much Mm -hmm. but for me there was also just these these increasing wonderful opportunities and and now um you know i had a interestingly last week i had a facebook reminder of a a production gig which must have been one of the last ones i did about 3 years ago and i was like my god only 3 years only three years Mm. you know and it's and it really feels like it's you know the I'm you know I've just I've I've been speaking a lot recently about acknowledging the father lineage on my sign because I've very much been in and of the women Mm -hmm. I think it's also a sign of our times that we're very much about supporting women and that's important too but I really felt like my right hand wing Kind of unfurl as I gave thanks to the fathers and the grandfathers, mm. you know, and kind of felt this balance. And now I feel like I've got roots and wings. Mm-hmm. Now I, I like that, and I don't know where that's going to take me. And mm-hmm. here is another big part I think of this work is essentially, I I have less clue than I've ever had about mm-hmm. anything that's going to happen, and it's the best feeling in the yeah. world. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you so much. Um, You're so I have
0: one more question. Mm. Um, I always end on this question, what book would you recommend um, for people to read? And it doesn't have to be about your journey, it could just be about the book or a book that has kind of taken you from one place to another. I love
1: that. And I'm really going to recommend Wind in the Willows. Okay. Because, and I say this about Wind in the Willows if you haven't read it, there's four archetypes, um, obviously, that are in it. we all spend our lives being very like Molly. Molly rushes and wants to get everything sorted. Uh-huh. He trips over things and uh-huh. he ends up causing himself pain and getting in the way. Uh-huh. Ratty just floats on the river you know just very peaceful Mm. still gets everything done still Mm -hmm. lets everything happen the current takes him wherever he needs to go he'll Mm -hmm. do his rowing then he'll draw the oars in Mm -hmm. and wind in the willows i think is just a beautiful example of what it means to ask and receive Mm -hmm. and allow or to ask and ignore and push and they're very very different energies
0: Mm thank you so much you're thank you so welcome. much for coming down today enjoy my um, friend i've taken so much from this conversation Me too. um before you go can you please let know people know where they can find you and of any work that you're doing right now mm. that you you know you want to like direct people to yeah
1: sure so um you can always find me on instagram which is gail underscore love shock and shock is s-c-h-o-c-k got a new website launching um and that will be gailloveshock.com so Mm -hmm. i would direct people there that's in the next couple of weeks and then i have um a few things coming up it's in the next couple of weeks but by the time this comes out it will be out oh amazing great (laughs) it's out so go loveshock.com visit there that was amazing and then I have a monthly gathering called temple of the rib cage Mm -hmm. which is in stretch in east london Mm -hmm. and that's a couple of hours and it's uh, just a beautiful community that gathers to help you walk back through the holy door of you and Mm. then I work one-to-one with people in all sorts of different bespoke ways so get in touch and there's always always options for all of
0: you okay thank you so much a pleasure thank you